But we're going to talk this week about stewarding time and talents. And then next week we're going to talk about stewarding finances. It'll be the first time in the five and a half, coming up on five and a half year history of our church that I've ever preached a sermon on finances. I've never done it in five and a half years. And so if you happen to come like for the second time next week, you're like, man, second time I came, you preached on Monday. It's the first time in five and a half years. So um, I try to space those out. Um, if, I, if I preached about money, as often as Jesus mentions money, about once out of every five or six Sundays, I would preach on money. I'm not doing that. But that's, that's about how many times it is referred to in Scripture, about 20% of the time. But that's not today's message. Amen? All right, good. I mean, I, you know. Today we're speaking on the subject of stewarding time and talent. Stewarding time and talent. If you'd like to go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 25 is where we'll be today. Stewardship. It's a Christian word, kind of. It's been taken that way. It's not really. But I did learn it in first grade as I was taking Christianese. Um, I, our brother and sister were the first two words I learned in Christianese. Amen was the third word. Tithing was the fourth word. Just kidding. You know, got to get the priorities right, man. Actually, technically, tithing should have been the first word. Let me, let's be honest, right? It's the first fruit. Anyway, um, we'll get there next week. Um, stewardship. It's a word that gets thrown around the church, right? If you've, if you've been in church at all, you've heard the word stewardship, right? And so I want to just briefly define um, stewardship, and so we have it kind of in our, uh, in our, the, the back of our head as we listen to the sermon today. Biblically, stewardship, biblically managing the responsibilities that God has given us, including resources, abilities, time, people, nature around us, spiritual gifts, and money. So it's biblically managing the things that God has given us. That is stewardship. So, to, that's, this is not today's sermon, but as an illustration of stewardship, how many of you in here are parents? Raise your hand. If you're a parent, guess what you are? You can put your hands down. You are a steward. You are to biblically manage the responsibility of your child or your children. Stewardship. As a parent of two daughters... I know I don't, we, Sarah and I don't look like we have two middle school daughters. We look like we're in our mid-twenties. But as a parent of, thank you, um, as a parent of an eighth grader and a sixth grader, I must always remind myself that I am simply a stand-in, a steward, a manager to raise my two daughters to follow Jesus. And so we're going to talk today about stewardship. By the way, I'm sorry, Ed Denton's here today. Ed pastored 40 years. Um, I'm not sure how many of them, but some of them here at Durham Memorial. In Durham, were you in Durham the whole time? So I appreciate you being here. I was going to mention you at the beginning of the sermon. I just caught your eye. Thank you. I, I don't take it lightly when other pastors show up, especially those that pastor for 40 years. You know how it is, preaching in front of you. Whatever, it's all good. So just pray for me, man. You get it. Um, thank you for being here, though. I really appreciate it. But stewardship, understanding that my daughters don't, they're not my property, they're God's, and I am been given the duty of raising them to follow Jesus. 
That's a glimpse into the word stewardship. Today, we're going to talk about time and talent. So verse 14 of Matthew chapter 25, if you have that in your Bibles, they're great. Uh, maybe you have an app on your phone, that's great. We have it on the screen for you as well. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To the one he gave five talents, by the way. This specifically is money. We're not, it's not, we're not speaking on money today. But this specifically, a talent back in that day was a, a piece of money. Translated into today's economy, I'm not sure if they did this before inflation, but translated into today's economy, around $200,000 possibly that each talent was worth. So after inflation, it's probably what, $7,000 now? I'm not sure. But anyway, $200,000 was saved per talent. <clears throat> he gave each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. So the owner gave these talents to his servants, and he went on a journey. Verse 16, then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter in. To the joy of your Lord. And then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So, well, you want to talk about making some people uncomfortable? Stick with me in verse 28. Look what happens to this, this cat. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Yikes. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the, mm, the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What some strong language. This is a story that was written as a part of of Jesus' ministry to illustrate something to the people in that day and then also for us today. And so our job and my job today is 
what does this mean for us? Heavenly Father, speak through your word this morning. I pray as you have given us talent, you've given us not necessarily money, but you've given us so many things. God, I pray that you would make us biblical stewards of what we have been given. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You understand this morning, this is not a lesson in finances, even though I'm pretty sure if you work in finance today and somebody were to say, I took $400,000 and I made it into $800,000, you'd be like, do that again. Whatever you did, do that again. Right? I'm sure this morning if Someone had a million dollars of five talent, let's say at 200,000, and they made it into two million dollars. You'd be like, man, that was a pretty good investment there, whatever you invested in. Like, you should do that again. And so, that is not the point necessarily of this uh, text today. But if you're a businessman in here and you ever have questions about, uh, you know, does the Bible teach you to make that money or to maybe take that risk? Or do I believe there is precedent in some of these texts to say, hey, you shouldn't just take your money and bury it in the ground and try to see if it's there the next time you dig. Like, I believe there is biblical precedent for that. And so, um, but that's not the point of this text. And so I don't want you to take it that way. That's not the point. But I do want us to understand some things about stewardship as it relates to this. Now, we are going to take the word talent today. And I'll be honest with you, I did this in multiple commentaries and multiple study guides just to make sure that we were properly applying it. Every single one, I believe I consulted, if I'm not mistaken, four, four different, um, four different commentaries that all said this, this would be a direct application to the abilities that God has given us today and the time he has allotted for us today. So I do not believe that I'm taking away from the text today by applying this to our talent and our time, to our abilities and our time. I want us to notice really three main uh, truths that we need to grasp this morning, and then I'm going to close today with some practical application. Number one, I want us to see this. Thinking about stewardship, time, talent, acknowledge the owner. Acknowledge the owner, look at verse 14 of our text. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. This man obviously would be the Lord. It would be God, it would be Jesus in this context. He's traveling to a far country. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. His goods. The, this talent... For a lack of better word for us, abilities and time that God has given us this morning, they are His. And I will say this: I'm hitting, I'm coming in, I'm coming in hot at the very beginning this morning. If we do not understand, grasp, and live in this truth, nothing else that we preach today is going to matter. If we cannot begin with the time that God has given me and the abilities God has given me belong to Him. If we can't start there, we can't finish the sermon. We must understand as followers of Jesus that every single one of us, as we do this, take a deep breath in and then lightly push it out. Don't be blowing on nobody. But that breath right there, that's his. We must understand that 
every note you sang today, Abby, every praise that you let out, Nate, that's his. I'm not good at this. I'm, I'm not, but every strum on that guitar, John, Darius, every beat on that drum, I'm a drum fan, man. If y'all don't like drums, man, I'm sorry. I was, depri- I was deprived of having drums for so many years, and I'm just a fan, man. I appreciate you, Darius. Every, every key stroke, every time you hit those keys, Kristen, it's the ability that God has given us. We may not see some of these things, but like this morning we had a team of people that we try not to be like over the top, like, hey, welcome to Keystone, like crazy. But like people like said hello to you and we're standing at the door to you today and like that's a gift that God has given them. That's his. Did I do a good job of that? I'm saying, all right, I'm just making sure. I'm not even going to mention church names. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. Anyway, we must acknowledge the owner. God owns it all. It is all his. Okay, so the abilities that God has given me, and I'll be honest with you this morning. I, under, I think all of us need to get to the place where we comprehend and know what our abilities are. Every single one of us has them. We're going to get there. But I know what my abilities are. God has given me the ability to communicate. That is not my ability. That is his ability that he has given me. And listen, I can say this because I'm a pastor. We have a pastor in here that's been a pastor for decades. He, can, he has seen many people with that gift to communicate, get that gift taken away. There are many people with a gift of communication that led churches that are in prison today. There are many people with the gift of communication that God, through the sin and the choices that they made, had to remove that gift. And so we must begin with the fact and we must acknowledge the owner of every talent and every ability that we have. Psalm 24 and verse 1, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. It belongs to the Lord. The world and those who dwell therein. It all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. The tangible and the intangible. Every ability, every second of time, it all belongs to Him. Your kids belong to Him. Your spouse belongs to Him. Your job belongs to Him. Your life belongs to Him. It all belongs to to him. He created it. He cares for it. He knows it. And he owns it. And may I say this this morning? You may be a follower of Jesus, a church goer, and you may understand that in your head. Okay, yeah, intellectually, yes, it all belongs to God. But I believe it's time for some of us to take that step where we actually practically live like it all belongs to God. Tomorrow, beginning at midnight, you have 24 hours from Monday at midnight to Tuesday morning at midnight. Every single second of that 24-hour period of time belongs to God. And we are stewards who will use that time to glorify Him or to serve ourselves or worse or worse. So tomorrow we will wake up and today we will, we will be out of here and you will go, you'll be out of here and you'll be going somewhere for lunch and from the time of lunch until the time of dinner, you're going to have five, six, seven hours, however you do it. And during those five, six, seven hours, all that time, it belongs to God. And we must understand that. Every ability that you have, 
It belongs to him, the talent that you have. I'm not going to ask you this morning, but if I had every single person, starting right here in the front row, my front row crowd, what's up, Joy? Um, but uh, if I started on this side and went back, and every single one of you, if you were very honest, could tell me an ability that God has given you. Every single person in this room. You might say, well, my ability's not, just hush, we're getting there. Stop it. Everybody has an ability. Everybody has abilities. Everybody has things that God has gifted them with. And it's all his. It belongs to him this morning. We must actually begin to live like we believe that everything belongs to God. For if we fail to believe this, we will in turn become poor stewards of the things in which we have been entrusted. Acknowledge the owner. You get that? Understand that's the first foundational building block this morning. If we don't understand, comprehend, and believe and live like God truly owns it all, then we're not going to be able to do number two here, and that is to apply your abilities. Apply your abilities. I'm going to use the word abilities here. We understand that's our time. We understand that's our talent. I'm going to use the word abilities here just for, for congruency's sake. Applying your Abilities. If they belong to God, and my purpose in existing on this earth is to glorify God, then I need to take the abilities that I have been given, I need to apply them in my life. I know this is, might seem like overly simplistic, but stick with me. In our text, it speaks to the diversity of abilities. You say, I have abilities, but my abilities are nothing like hers over there. Or my abilities, man, they don't even add up to his. Like, I don't even understand. Like, uh, listen to me. Look at, look at our text, 25, Matthew 25, verse 15. To the one he gave five, to the other he gave two, to the other he gave one, each according to his own ability. I hate to break this news to you. But it's okay, it's part of being a humble follower of Jesus. Jesus gives you the abilities that he gives you because he knows that your construct can handle those abilities. And the abilities God has given me are different than the abilities that God gave my wife. And God gave her abilities that I could not, in my construct, I could not apply. And God has given me abilities that in her context, she could not apply. Okay, diversity. Some five some two, some one. And while none of us have been given the same abilities, we have all been given something. You have gifts and abilities that God has given you. And maybe the lesson for you today is you need to start being honest with yourself and figuring out what those are and being willing to step into them. Maybe that's the application for you today. But we need to stop comparing our ability with someone else's ability, the talent or the ability was, was up to the master and it was not up to us. And by the way, the fact that we have diversity of abilities and it's up to God to, to render those abilities to his followers as he sees fit, this should help us rest easier. This should help us be more content. This should help us be more humble. We don't have to measure up to other people. In fact, we cannot measure up 
to other people. We're not playing the same game as she's playing or he's playing. We are different. We've been given different abilities. We each have our own road to walk. We have our own abilities to discover, to cultivate, and to implement into the kingdom. So listen, this morning there's a diversity of abilities and talents that have been given. And it's not about the talents that I do or do not have. It's about what am I going to do with the talents that God has definitely given me? What am I going to do with the abilities that God has given me? How am I going to use them? This is still under the the main heading of applying our abilities. We have the diversity of abilities. And then we see in applying them the investment of our abilities. Look at back in our text. We're back in the text today. I'm sorry. Have you looked back in your Bible? I know. It's Bible preaching. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. Made another five talents. He who received two gained two more also. He who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Before I get to this, the details of this point. I have in my notes. And I will read it verbatim. I want to warn all of us that this is not a plea for followers of Jesus to simply do more. It's not what this is. This is not a plea for followers of Jesus to say, if you will do more, you will earn favor with God or you will earn his love on a deeper level. That is not what this this passage is teaching us. I want us to all understand that. This is a merely a real life scenario, a real life example, a practical example, which illustrates the two options that you and I have with everything that God has given us. We have two options. God has given us abilities. We have two options. We can maximize it or we can immobilize it. We can maximize what God has given us or we can immobilize it, bury it. It's still there, just like you gave it to me with a little bit of dirt on it. The elements got to it a little bit. Or we can maximize it. We can use what he has given us for his glory, for his church, for his people, for our surrounding communities. Or we can bury what he has given us in fear and skepticism or in a lack of confidence in God. Notice what the man who had won said. Why did you just bury the talent that I gave you? He said, I knew. I was afraid. I knew what kind of man you were, and I was afraid. I was afraid to use my abilities. I was afraid to take what you had given me and maximize it. So we can use what he has given us for his glory in his church, for our brothers and sisters, for our surrounding community, for the kingdom. Or this morning we will bury it and can bury it in fear, in skepticism, or in a lack of confidence in him. May I say this morning that you and I all have differing abilities and talents, and honestly, time. You say, oh, we have all have 24 hours in a day. Yeah, that's cool. Tell that to the person that's in a certain life stage compared to a person that's like 
retired. I think the 24 hours in a day look a little bit different, right? I think Jeff's okay. Is he getting me? All right, cool. Sometimes this happens. It is what it is. So we all have differing abilities and talents and time. The question is simply this. Will you take what God has given you and let him use it in your life? Or will you take what he has given you and bury it and keep it for yourself? Listen to the question. Will you take what he has given you? He owns it. Will you take it and will you use it and let him use it in your life? Or will you take it and keep it for yourself? It all belongs to him. We then take what belongs to him and we apply it in our lives. Different abilities. Man, don't y'all wish y'all had this right here? If you pay, if you tip Jeff, he will, he'll go get you one. Mm. My dad used to do this. I feel like my dad right now. He used to do this mess. <clears throat> I just don't like having a water bottle up here. I'm afraid I'm going to like kick the thing, tip it over, whatever. Probably need to put it up here. But as we acknowledge the owner and we apply our abilities, the diversity of abilities, we then take them and put them into action. <clears throat> Lastly, this morning, we will then account for our actions. So we acknowledge the owner, we'll apply our abilities, and then there comes a time where we must give an account. By the way, side note, as a follower of Jesus, I was always like scared of that day. Like you understand that Jesus paid it all. You understand that Calvary covers it all, as we sang about, we're going to sing it again in a second. Like, that's not a day for a follower of Jesus to be scared of. <clears throat> Giving an account. I think it's interesting that two out of the three were positive. Like, we think about giving an account, and we're like, oh, God's going to bring up all the bad things. He did. He brought them up on the cross, and Jesus paid for them. Accounting for our actions. Back on it. <clears throat> the five-talent person, as they were accounting for their actions, they received this. Well done, good and faithful servant you were faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things enter into the joy of your lord that five talent person took the heavy abilities and talents that were given him or her and maximized them well done good and faithful servant just to break that down they did well well done. They were good at what they did. They were faithful at what they did. And they had the spirit of a servant. Humility. If I can, step on some church toes. Are you all ready for this? I want faithful people. But some faithful people need to do well done. Like, it isn't enough just to show up in kids and do whatever, like, do it well. Does that make sense? Don't just show up and play or sing, do it well. Don't just show up and do it well. Some people that have all the talent and can do everything well, you know what you need? Some faithfulness. Mm. You actually need to show up because you really are good at what you do. 
I get it. I understand. That's not easy to hear for me either. As a pastor, I need to understand that I need to be faithful, but I also need to do things well, and I need to do things with a servant's heart. Two-talent person, the exact same thing happens. Verbatim, and I love that. He had less money or less talent, but he got the verbatim same answer. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few. I'll make you ruler over many. See, it didn't matter that he didn't have the five talents. He took what he had and he maximized it. You may look today, and I'll be honest with you. I look around at some of you folks and I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not nearly as talented as fill in the blank. Well, guess what? That's fine. I will answer for me. And that talented person will answer for their talented own self. Great. The one talent person. Boy, if good and faithful servant enter into the joy of your Lord, sounds good. Let me tell you that 180 opposite. You ready? You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money. At least, you should have at least put it in with the bankers to get some interest. Like at the very least, put it in a CD, man. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. I'm not going to go there. I don't believe that's obviously like saying we ought to take from the poor and give to the rich or anything like that. I just think it's a biblical finance kind of a principle of like if you're always owing people, you're going to always owe people. And the people that have made wise decisions continue to take your money every month. That's kind of where, where that is. But the point of this, of this is simply this. There will come a time where we will give an account. We will give an account for the talent and abilities that God has given us. And the question is, did we maximize it or did we immobilize it? Maximize or immobilize? I'm going to leave you with four biblical statements as a result of this text. We have baptisms. I see the time. I have my notes. I'm reading them to you. Are you ready? Practical applications. Biblical statements that we need to say as a result of this text. Number one, all that I have, 100% belongs to God. I am simply to be a steward of his gracious gifts. I'm going to repeat them twice. Is that okay? That's not cheating? All right. All that I have, 100% belongs to God. I am simply to be a steward of his gracious gifts. Number two, God intends for me to utilize the time, talents, and abilities he has given me for the advancement of his kingdom. Okay, repeating it. God intends for me to utilize the time, talents, and abilities he has given me for the advancement of his kingdom. Thirdly, I need not worry about comparing my abilities with others. God has uniquely gifted me. I need not worry about comparing my abilities with others. God has uniquely gifted me. And kind of a throwback to the second one, the declaration is, I will use my time, talent, and abilities for kingdom minded work I will use my time talent and abilities for kingdom minded work you say Josh does this, what does this mean like I still got to get up and go to work tomorrow yeah please 
That is part of using your time, talent, and abilities for kingdom work. Going to work tomorrow and being a biblical follower of Jesus in your context at work is absolutely kingdom work. In fact, if you don't do that, it's the opposite. You're working against the kingdom if you're like a, a terrible employee or a terrible boss or whatever. What about like my hobbies? Listen, that's, that's part of it. God gave us this, this world to enjoy. It's part of it. I'm not saying the sermon today is not like you need to get up tomorrow morning and be like, if I am not uh, you know, at, at a nonprofit or at a church or, or if I'm not doing it. No, no, listen. It's living our lives understanding that God owns it all. He wants everything that we say and do and the way that we live to reflect his glory and to help build his kingdom. That could be being kind to the lady that you work beside because she's having a bad day. And when she, when she really needs someone to talk to, you want to be the person that she comes and talks to. You know why? Because you can show her the love of Jesus. It's being kind to that man that you run into at the bank because when you run into him enough, you realize he's having a bad day. And you say, hey, man, I, it looks like you're having a bad day. Man, is there anything I can, I can pray about for you? You never know where that door will open. Listen, it's taking every opportunity we have, every ability we have, every, time, every bit of time that we have, and saying, God, how can we utilize and use this to further the kingdom? Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.